So, all right, and I want you to hear me out before you just brush it off and say it's stupid. Whenever you go to Subway, or possibly even Publix, because I've, you know, I've seen them do it both ways, when they go to cut your bread to put the actual you know, sandwich contents in the bread, they don't cut it all the way through. They cut it at like a hinge, right? Wait, what? Like when you go to a sub place and you're getting a sub sandwich, whether it's like Subway or Publix or whatever, they go to cut the bread. They don't cut the bread all the way through. They cut it to where it has like yeah, a hinge, yeah, 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 right? So is a hot dog a sub sandwich? Because it's also on a hinge. I mean, it's got to be, right? I think, I think it's got to be. I, I think I would consider it a sub sandwich. I'm, I'm looking something up. <laughs> okay. So, when you Google pack of hot dogs, it's just a pack of meat. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, it, maybe it's not even the process of constructing bread, chili, coleslaw, whatever you want on there. Relish, all that stuff. Maybe it's not. It's just the meat. It's like, hey, this is a salami, and it's meant to go on this bread, and it is like a sandwich. Mm -hmm. I mean, a hot dog is the meat that you put on it. It is a hot dog. So I think that's just the meat. And I think it is a sandwich because you're just putting the dog on the bun. Yeah, it's got to be a sandwich. You could even, you know cut the hot dog up if you wanted to and just put it on normal bread you're a psychopath yeah because you know that, what dude more than hot dogs who stop i really like brats and when i say that i'm going to eat a brat it's that on a on a bun yeah i don't say right. i'm going to have a hot dog then go get a brat i don't do that no mm-hmm. so now i have a question brats last night because this is uh-huh is a hot dog actually meat? <laughs> it's got something in there. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it just like the leftover meat that's like grinded up? Yeah, I mean, like I've made, I've made, uh, what's it called? Oh God, what is it called? Um, what's? The, oh my God, what is it called? It's 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 a type of sausage. Uh, andouille. Okay. I've made andouille before. What the fuck and, is that? Andouille sausage? Yeah, it's the, what is that? a type of, I believe, French sausage? Mm. A sm- oh, smoked sausage made using pork, originating in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Anyway, I, I've made that before because we have served it in our... Uh, Clam, I don't remember what the fuck it was. Oysters, some some fucking dish when I was working at the restaurant. All right. Anyway, so I've made that before, and I've actually ground down the meat and stuff to make that. But hot dogs are a different beast altogether, right? Like, for sure. I I don't know. I like I don't know what the fuck is in hot dogs. Like says meat is animal flesh that is eaten as food. So animal okay. flesh. A food consisting of a grilled or steamed sausage served in the slit of a partially sliced bun. That's the definition for hot dog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh the sausage used is a wiener, a Vienna sausage, a frankfurter. Uh, is that it? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Cool. So Frankfurter. Let's see what this is. A thin or a thin parboiled sausage made of pork in casings of sheep's intestines. Jesus. I'm, I'm about it. Sick. But I I don't think that that's what uh when we think of like like when you go to like and you get like Nathan's you know what I mean like I don't think that those are that. No. It's no. absolutely. It's everything that's else just, around the intestines I've, stuffed. Yeah. Compacted. I'm pretty sure Nathan's hot dogs are just the fucking meat that's left over on the floor that they just sweep up and put into a I fucking I mean, you're burger. probably right, but what makes that even worse is Nathan's are, like, the best hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, uh, by a mile. I don't know. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, by a mile. What do, you, what do you like, the fucking ballpark? Bitch, I don't know. Whatever my wife buys and puts in the goddamn fridge. You think I do that shit? I want you to text her right now Hell because no. it's going to be Nathan's. Yeah. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to Google this. What is the best hot dog? All right. Let's see. The best store-bought hot dogs from all recipes. This is not a very good source. All right. Best overall Hebrew National. I don't think I've actually ever had a Hebrew National. All right. Runner-up. I don't think there was. Run, Runner-up Nathan's weird. Famous Jumbo Beef Franks. Weird, weird how I was right. Uh, Gotta be ballpark. Yep, ballpark Franks. I don't know, man. Oscar Mayer goes pretty hard. Fucking, what is wrong with you? That, that is the lowest you can go. That's the lowest of anything you can do. Like, just straight up. you say Oscar Mayer, it is absolutely done. Do you guys like the hot dogs where they like where they like put shit in? No, absolutely not. Shit? Yeah, that shit's fucking. I like gross. the brats that are like that. See, I don't even like the brats like that. I think if you make it yourself, I think if it's like homemade, they're fine. But like store bought, fucking filled hot dogs, no, I'm good, G. You can keep <laughs> that shit. I'll pass. Okay, according to Delish.com, the best overall hot dog is Applegate Farms uncured beef hot dogs. We sell those at Target. Yeah, never even heard those of are it. pretty good. I'm not, but I'm not going to say they're better than Nathan's. Yeah, I don't see. Now you guys are making me want to go to Aldi and just buy like four brands and taste test that. Dude, shit. do it. I feel like <laughs> do it. Looking for a reason. Fucking well. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want you to do that so you can like, come back next like week it was and be like, on your mind. "This was this was the correct one." All right, I'll do that. I'll go to. I'm calling out tomorrow, so I'll go to the grocery store tomorrow. Oh God! And I will absolutely listen to. That. I'm looking at this, like I'm I'm going down the list, and they have pros and cons for each one. This is the Oscar Mayer's Uncured Wieners Original. Pros: nostalgic. Cons: mushy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so nasty. Dude, Hebrew Nationals are fucking expensive. Yeah, they are. They're like six yeah. bucks a pack, right? Seven bucks a pack? The one I'm seeing says six. Oh, holy fuck. How many are Yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, 12? <laughs> yeah, it looks like 12. <laughs> For $16? Yep. I don't know about that. Best oh. organic hot dogs. There's... Oh... 
boy, hang on. Before we before I get onto that, it says Trader Joe's organic grass fed uncured beef hot dogs. Listen, there's no such thing as organic hot dogs. The meat that you are eating in a hot dog has been processed into that hot dog shape. There's no such thing as a fucking organic hot dog. Oh, people. People killing me with this shit. Yeah, but try to tell somebody who only eats organic shit. <laughs> it's like, is this baloney? Is is this baloney um, organic? No, bitch. No, bitch. It's, it's just baloney. fucking baloney. Nobody even knows what's in Literally. this anyway. Bologna smash. No, absolutely like fucking not. It's really? so gross. Do you fry bologna and some sugar? God Wait, no. damn. No, 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 no. No, no. Hold on, Josh. Just real quick. What do you mean, and some sugar? <laughs> <laughs> you fry bologna and you dip it in sugar. <laughs> this motherfucker did not like the public sub that had powdered sugar on it. But it's going to fry bologna and fucking... Because I don't like the texture of powdered sugar. Also, it's not powdered sugar. It's maple sugar, like but, you know. So, so just to be Whatever. clear, you fry your bologna while it's still hot. You have, like, a plate of sugar, and you put it face down in the sugar? <laughs> not the whole piece. No, you just dip the whatever you're about to bite. You dip a sandwich. <laughs> you dip a sandwich in sugar. Yeah. I need to know if you're making a sandwich and dipping it in sugar or if you are frying pieces of bologna at a time and dipping it in sugar. No, just just straight pieces of bologna and just dipping it. There's no... I know we've said this before, but you grew up so poor, dude. (laughs) I did. I know. Holy shit. It has been 87 years um, since we've been able to get together uh, as a threesome. And, um, oh. yeah, so since it's been 87 years, we thought it might be a good idea to uh, do one of those things that we do every now and then called, um, oh, God, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, a catch-up episode? Uh, so, yes, that is, that's our plan for today. That's what we're going to do. Like it or don't like it. I don't really care. Well. Bye, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. That's the end yep. of the show. We're done. We're done. Everybody yeah, I said, I said, fuck you. L- like me or don't like me. Uh, anyway, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Christopher Robin, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Eeyore Martin and Austin Rue Stevens. I hate you so much, Dylan. It's I don't think I've ever had one with you having your name changed. So I was like, why not? Why not? Let's do it. You, this you're the main character. We're just your imaginary friends. That's horrifying. That's a horrifying yep. thought. Um, 
We don't actually exist. I'm, I'm just doing a podcast by myself. Oh. <sighs> well, um, hi, listeners. I'm 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 the the three people you're listening to right now. Yep. It's uh, they're all three me. These are the voices in his head, literally, actually. Kind of. I can be. God, imagine if Josh just heard yeah. us in his head all day, I, every day. How yeah, amazing I would definitely would kill be, myself. <laughs> you would hear how many times a day I want to kill myself. Oh, God. <laughs> he's just sitting on the couch. He's like, damn, this was a bigger number than yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah. You know? And then I just tell you to watch it, look at yep. ghost shit. Yep. That, that is almost exactly what would be happening. Hey, dude, ch- check out this hentai. Hey, 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 ch- ch- look look at this. <laughs> look at this hentai. Yep. I've never publicly... Yeah, everything you that. see on my end is like an opportunity. It's like, oh, look, a balcony. Oh, look, a bridge. Look, a power outlet. <laughs> hey, I think I could stick a fork in that. You stand on those yeah. trains. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Home Depot, buy some rope, tie it around yourself, lay yep. on the train tracks. Oh, boy. That is... This is a dark one. Already. Well, I aren't they all dark? Aren't aren't they all dark? Uh I feel I feel like we have some episodes that are much worse than others. Uh You know, you're probably not wrong. I feel like we have some episodes where we're just having a good time. It's pretty mild. You know, me and Dylan make a cum joke here and there. No, 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 no. You make a cum joke here and there. No. No, 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 no. no. Uh uh. It's not just yes. No, it's not it's, just it's only you. <laughs> Dylan, is that true? I don't remember making a cum joke. We should start calling him Austin Cumboy Stevens. I'll do that next week. I I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. It'd be I don't... interesting finding a parallel to that for my nickname. <laughs> Wet boy? That's really close to a slur, so I'm not with that one. <laughs> is is are you serious? Yeah. What let's, what let's is move on? We're not gonna say the slur. I don't know if I believe you. I feel like you guys are gaslighting me right now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> give me a second. Oh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh. What the fuck? What the fuck were we talking? about? We got things we got to talk about. We we did things. Um. We did things. You, you <sighs> guys did a whole. Yeah, you guys did a whole lot of things. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll start. I watched Death Parade. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Um. That make you sad. The fuck is Death Parade? So Death Parade is a anime from 2014? 2015. Shit looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Lord. basically it, the, the premise is that when someone dies, they're sent to this bar. Um, and the bartenders there... Uh, kind of serve as arbiters for the afterlife. And they have to judge these people uh, by making them play a game. And by making them play the game, they're supposed to 
bring out their darkest characteristics or, or, you know, push them to the brink or whatever to see who they truly, truly are as people. And then they either get chosen to go to uh, reincarnation or they are banished into the void. And, uh, yeah, I, we watched this and I really like the story that it is telling. Um, I really liked the sort of like, who are you to judge type thing? Like, I, I feel like that's kind of like the main theme of the show is like, everyone has their own shit that is going on that makes them who they are. And we're never really privy to any of that information. So why would you judge someone? I, I kind of feel like it, it, like that's a maybe long winded way of putting it, but I kind of think that's like the central theme of death mm-hmm. parade is that you can't really yeah. judge people um, without knowing their situation. Uh, and I really liked that story and I really liked the, the premise, I thought the premise was really fucking cool. Um, I, I loved the, uh, I forget her name, the, bl- the black-haired woman. I forget her actual name. Um, I did too. But, uh, but yeah, I, I loved the two of them, and I loved their interactions, and I loved how she was able to bring out the sort of humanity, or, or uh, maybe not bring out the humanity, but allow Deckham to see humanity in people as opposed to just the kind of black and white that he was taught to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved a lot of the, the, the people that actually came into the bar because they were dying. Like I liked, um, I especially liked the one, uh, with the, with the two people bowling. Um, I don't remember their names, but, they kind of realized that they were um, childhood friends and they kind of fall in love over the game of bowling. And I don't know. I, I thought that was really sweet. And mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. From that standpoint, I really, really liked it. But I really, really did not like the actual production I think mm-hmm. that the anime looks really bad. I feel like the the facial proportions are way the fuck off. Like their mouth is down where like at the, vi- the yeah, the it's chin. so weird. It's so yeah. off putting. The proportions are yeah, strange. and like you know, obviously you got to stylize things and you got to make it your own. But like the, it was so weird and off putting to me. Mm-hmm. I really, really felt like some of the, well, not some of the animation, almost all of the animation was really stiff and not particularly well realized. I think that the best animations in the show was the opening credit sequence. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that should be indicative yeah, exactly. Like, I, I kind of think that that's, like, a yeah. bad thing. Um, yeah. I do like some of the character designs. Like, I, I really love the black-haired woman. Um, yeah, 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 that's her name. 
I really, really loved her. And I really liked uh, the the one that had, like, the teal hair. Um, I really liked her design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With the braids. And it, even even Deckham's kind of cool. Like, I, the white with, like, just the, like, the one eye peeking out. Like, I, I, I kind of, like, it's almost like he's only half seeing things, you know? Like, from yeah. a design standpoint, I like the way that, like, some of these characters are, like, realized. But just the rest of it, the way that, like, it's animated and the way that, like, the proportions are way, way off just really were Mm -hmm. off-putting to me almost the entire time I was watching it. I was like, huh. I remember thinking that the way everybody walked was fucking weird. Yeah, that's a... Like, they just, everyone moved so mm-hmm. weirdly. And, like, far be it from me to tell these people that they're animating things wrong. I don't fucking know how to animate anything. Like, but mm-hmm. as a viewer, it was off-putting to me. Story's great. I really like a lot of the designs for the characters in here. But, I don't know. It was... I like it enough to where I would recommend it to people, but I don't like it enough to where I was like, yeah, this is great. You should really watch it. It's more like a, yeah, I think that this is good. Check it out if you want to. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, I agree with you on on the sad part. A lot of the shit was like really fucking like, heart-wrenchingly sad. The, the episode with the mom, like where they were playing the, uh, like the art yeah, yeah. game together. Dude, that, that shit fucking yeah. hurt. That episode, fuck, I was Yeah, sobbing. that shit was fucking rough. I really... And the last episode th- that's, was pretty fucking mm-hmm, That's exactly the one I was gonna say. That last episode, I was like, oh, well, really the last two episodes, because they're kind of like both Chiyuki's mm-hmm. story. But, like, the the end man where she's kind of, like, seeing her mom in the past just, mm-hmm. it tore me up. That was... And then when, when she starts telling him to press the button because, like, she doesn't have the power, the strength to do it, she's, like, screaming yeah. to do it. I'm like, yeah. fuck, that hurt. So, yeah, watch it or, or don't. Dylan, I actually think that you really would like this. <clears throat> it looks good. I mean, I always say that, though, when you guys are talking about something. So, stylistically, I'm into the shit you guys watch. Okay. Hey, at least this one's only 12 episodes. You could yeah, probably it is that. only 12, yeah, and it's on Hulu, think. which you have Hulu. You do have Hulu. Yep. Yep, even though you didn't want to. I remember, I was, I remember the very first episode where you're like, I don't want to fucking get Hulu, and now you've got, like everything oh yeah but i don't pay for him oh, okay well yep fair, fair oh. enough <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even know what stri- i don't really even pay for hbo max because that's through at&t which fuck them but everything else <laughs> other people pay for well hey yeah, i think the only thing i pay for is uh crunchy roll and that's it well, there you go yep i i just mooch off other people 
I got like a like I have something I'm watching right now, and then as soon as I finish, not even as soon as like maybe even tonight, we're gonna start House of the Dragon, see how that goes because I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'd, I I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I, I can say I want yep. to all I want. Yeah, I because I, I can't even finish Demon Slayer, and I am genuinely enjoying that. I was about to say, how far are you with I, Demon Slayer? Big titty spider bitch. <laughs> big titty spider bitch. Oh hell yeah! That's what I remember. That's a boy. I think. Nope. Nope. Well, speaking of anime things, Austin, you—I'm uh, sure you've watched some anime. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Um, uh, yeah, last week uh, the Gundam Info YouTube channel. Uh, uploaded the prequel episode for Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury. Uh, this is the first uh, alternate universe uh, timeline series that Gundam has done since Iron-Blooded Orphans in 2016. And so a lot of people were you know, pretty fucking stoked for it. And I will say the animation that was in this small 24-minute episode was the best animation I think Gundam has had in like the last 10 years this like this the entire everything about it visually and aesthetically was so fucking pretty to look at um and it starts off starts off pretty pretty dark pretty fucked up uh basically the entire premise is as humanity started to migrate into space which I kind of feel like is the starting premise of every Gundam series ever um, they have to find a they they start migrating into space and they start realizing like hey our bodies are breaking down quicker than they're supposed to and it's because the human body isn't made to live in fucking space so they create this technology called the gun D format and basically when you install it into a person it does shit like strengthen their spines and uh, strengthen like their brain connectivity and to like their limbs and strengthen all of their joints and shit like that and it was hailed as like a big like revolutionary medical science until the military stepped in and said hey this sounds like a pretty cool prospect we're gonna fucking steal this shit from you and they start using it to develop next generation of mobile suits uh, by uh, kind ascent all very similar to iron blooded orphans in the sense that the pilot physically connects to the machine and the machine's interface goes through the brain of the pilot. So you're really not even having to do a whole lot because the machine is more or less reacting to your brain activity. Um, so they start trying, they have a prototype, they start trying to develop it, uh, it's hot, like it's not working, they keep, they can't figure out what's going on. No matter what they do or who they connect to the mobile suit, the mobile suit just will not activate. Um, and so you meet a married couple who are a pair of engineers who are kind of the top two of the head engineers on the project and you meet their daughter who is I'm assuming by key art and promotional material is going to be the main character uh, she's a little four year old girl named Aerie and she doesn't really understand what's going on around her she just knows that her parents do really important work and that her parents kind of look at this prototype mobile suit that they call the Gundam uh, as like another child so she's like oh like it's kind of like my sibling and uh, during the course of the episode it's supposed to be her birthday her parents are supposed to be celebrating with her but then they get called down to uh, the hangar to inspect something on the machine so then they end up kind of having to leave her and she starts to get kind of upset she was like 
why is this you know why why is this machine taking precedence over me like this isn't fair so she goes down to the hangar to i i don't know i don't love fucking kid shit she's like oh i'm gonna talk to her <laughs> some stupid shit um she ends up get, making her way into the pilot seat and is just kind of hanging out and while she's doing that unbeknownst to anyone above on this space station uh, the military has formally announced that they will be cutting ties with the project and they're abandoning it because people feel like it's it's wrong, like you shouldn't be mixing humans and machinery like that. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to abandon the project, except they don't actually abandon the project. They send in a kill squad to kill everyone on the station and destroy all of their materials. Um, so they kind of start to figure this out. Aerie's mother makes her way, is like looking for Aerie, makes her way to the hangar and sees that she's in the mobile suit. So she goes to grab her and then she kind of realizes what's going on. Everyone <coughs> around them is being murdered by a military kill squad trying to kind of hide this shit. Um, and then they, like the mobile suit just kind of starts to come on. And they're like, oh, it's just bullshit anime tropes. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the mobile suit starts to activate, and to the mother's horror, she realizes that the reason why the mobile suit is activating is because it was connected to Aerie the moment she sat down. So for some reason, a four-year-old child is just able to pilot this giant prototype war. Hell yeah. Um, her and her mom end up escaping the colony, and her dad actually so uh, launches in another mobile suit to kind of try to hold them back. And it's really sad, because you watch your dad get murdered. He's, like, singing happy birthday over the fucking comms links to her as he's fucking dying. Sad shit. Really fucking... The animation was just... Oh, my God, it was fucking incredible. Um, and I, I really like the design, uh, this, like, aesthetic for this series. Uh, every alternate universe Gundam series tends to have a radically different aesthetic, not only with just the characters, but typically the mobile suit designs as well. Um, even down to the point where in every alternate universe series, the term Gundam means a completely different thing. Um, like in Gundam Seed, it was mobile suits that were piloted, that were powered by nuclear reactors, and in Gundam Wing... The term Gundam was used for a, a specific alloy that mobile suits are made out of. And in this series, it's mobile suits that are able to connect to the brain. And it's pretty cool. It's a cool premise. Uh, the, sh the full show, I think, starts sometime. I know it starts in October, but I think it's like mid-October. So I'm super excited to see how that goes. It, it, it looks really fucking promising so far. And I'm... We've never had an all-female Gundam cast before, and that's what it looks like. I'm kind of down for that. I don't even think we've ever had a female-led series before. Yeah, I can't think Much of one. Much less an all-female cast. No, I don't think so. Hmm. So that's that's interesting. I'm excited for that. Hell yeah. Well, something to look forward to. Um, Dylan, you've only got the one, so do you want... Do you want to go ahead and go, or would you prefer to wait? Yeah, just kind of mix me in there at some point. Okay, okay. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'll go ahead and I'll talk about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a, uh, a horror comedy, black black comedy, kind of social satire um, that came out two weeks ago, possibly three. Um, and it stars Pete Davidson, uh, the, I'm trying to think of her name. 
Um, it doesn't matter. The if uh, the girl from um, uh, the hate you give, the the main girl, um, and mm. uh, some other people uh, who I've actually never heard of or seen before. Um, and basically, the premise is is that a group of friends get together uh, at this mansion. And they are going to kind of wait out this hurricane uh, that's supposed to hit their area by doing, like, by hanging out in the mansion and doing a bunch of drugs and, you know, just being merry or whatnot. Um, And then during the middle of the uh, storm, they decide to play a game called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, which is supposed to be a game kind of like where, almost like a, um, how would you say, like a, uh, you know, the, the dinners where they put on like a play or like, I, I, I'm trying to think of what the, the name of it would be called. Anyway, so basically you, uh, die or whatever, Among Us, there we go, it's like Among Us, where one person is the killer and then... The other people are, you know, victims, and when they die, they are supposed to play dead for the remainder of the game. They're out. They can't talk, you know, whatever, until someone finally finds out who the killer is. Um, And then during the playing of this game, uh, one of them actually ends up dead. And then uh, through a series of events, they have to try to, like, figure out who the killer is while also... um, not dying themselves and uh yeah i thought this movie was so fucking funny um it really kind of takes aim at a lot of uh i i don't i I don't even know what you would call it really um millennial group think millennial haze like um just really kind of the way that like people interact because the way that people interact on like the internet and stuff like that is not really how people behave in real life if that makes sense like you know, you say some things online that you would never say to people in real life. It's just, I mean, that's just a thing. Like, if you knew the person sitting in front of you, or, or the person that you're typing to, if you were sitting in front of them, you probably wouldn't say the things that you're, you know, saying. It, it kind of takes that and then turns it up to, like, the nth degree. But on top of that, it has some things to say about, like, the opposite effect of that, if that makes sense. Like it has some stuff to say about the people who are performative online allies and like how, you know, you're not actually who you say you are like a good percentage of the time. Like, uh, one of the characters in particular, just, she really stole the show for me. Um, I I can't remember the actress's name, but she just was absolutely hysterical. And she pretty much goes along with whatever anyone says um, at any given time. And there are parts where 
like it seems like she's having a profound thought and then it's like she looks around for approval to see like for for people to tell her that what she said was the correct thing to say and it also kind of shows these people for who they are like they all are talking about how like um uh like nice they are and how they like are on each other's side and they're willing to like um what i'm trying to think of the way to put this like like i guess like i said before like they are allies so they are like going to stand up for injustice and blah 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 but then like they're not willing to do that with people who they deem their friends and there was one line in particular that like i actually cackled at let me let me find find it like i was in the theater and i was like this is the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard um let me see um Come on, come on. I'm all... Okay. Uh, so they're, they're like in an argument or something like that. I don't remember exactly like what they're arguing about per se. But uh, the girl who I'm talking about in particular, she's like, oh, come on. I have body dysmorphia. And it's like the funniest, like the way that she delivers the line and just in the context of the situation, it's absolutely fucking hysterical. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought this movie was like just straight up fucking funny as all hell and worth every bit of the time that I spent with it. Um, there were problems, uh, and, and namely, it just, it, there are parts of it that don't land. Like some of the jokes just do not hit the way that they should. Um, and I kind of feel like, the ending joke is really funny, but I, I kind of feel like that being like the climax of your movie almost deflated like what was going on with the rest of the movie, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad that I watched it. And I think that uh, if, if you're into sort of like horror comedies and, and sort of like social satire and stuff like that, I, I think it's more than worth your time. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Austin, tell me t- tell me about yes, something sir. that you've been watching or reading or something. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, last Thursday on September 1st, uh, Netflix updated and added the second batch of episodes for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Hell yeah. Ocean. And that was super fucking cool because people have been waiting a really long time. Like, there was a whole ass episode or year between those fucking batches, mm-hmm. dude. Which, I mean, I guess that's not really any different than anything else Netflix does. I don't know. I don't really keep up with uh, a lot of other Netflix originals. So, like, I, I don't really know what they're, what the usual time frame between seasons or batches is. Um, but I do know that a lot of... Uh, I guess anime fans in particular are specifically upset at Netflix because so from from a story standpoint Jojo is very specifically written to kind of feel like that like 
quote-unquote villain of the week trope. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people really fucking hated when JoJo went to Netflix because then it was like, oh, like the weekly JoJo episodes, which is kind of which kind of feels like how the story is meant to be portrayed. Uh, that's just not a thing anymore. Netflix is just going to do whatever the fuck they want and release them in batches. I don't particularly care. I'm fine one way or the other. Um, I just wish they would hurry up and fucking finish mm-hmm. it already. But um, super good, dude. Stone Ocean is fucking awesome. Jolene is is an absolute fucking unit. She's so fucking badass. Um, it also introduces one of my favorite characters out of Part 6, uh, just because I think out of all the wacky aesthetics JoJo has ever had with any of their characters, I think Anastasia is by far my fucking favorite. He just looks so cool and fucking interesting. Um, I had a picture that I thought I saved because I was going to send it in the group chat for reference, but I guess I didn't fucking do that. Um, but it's really cool. The second batch of episodes was pretty much just JoJo figure or uh, Jolene figuring out um, who Pale Snake is and realizing it's Father Pucci and that he's the one that attacked her and, and, and her dad and uh, trying to come to terms with it. And then... By the end of this batch, he's kind of able to figure out how he wants his his grand scheme to be enacted by trying to resurrect Dio, which doesn't really happen the way he thinks it's going to. It ends up just giving him a fucked up pow- uh, fucked up stand. But now, at least jo- uh, Jolene knows who her enemy is, and she can try to gather what friends that he hasn't fucking already killed and try to stop him. And I guess we'll see that in fucking batch three. It was really cool. The animation is uh, really fucking well done, just like it, it kind of always has been for JoJo. Yeah. Animation has always been pretty fucking banging. But it's because good. of you, I keep seeing JoJo everywhere in my life now. <laughs> it's like people come in with it. Uh, it's because everything is a JoJo. That and like people are coming in with shirts. I hear more people talking about it. Now I have friends like, well, they're not friends, just people I work with <laughs> talking about the shit too. He's like, I wouldn't, wouldn't call. No, them I really friends. wouldn't. It's more like a quaint. <sighs> so, uh, who's uh, who's the uh, the studio? David. Yeah, David, David Productions. Production. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know what else have they done. I'm sure they've done other things. I just same. Don't know what they are. I'm sure that they've done something else interesting. I just don't because I don't even. I can't even think of an anime off the top of my head that I like. I feel like aesthetically would even match JoJo. Yeah, it's kind of its own unique beast. So I don't know. I'm going to look up. I want to see what else they fucking done. It can't be much. No. No, yeah. Oh, uh, they did Fire Force. Oh, interesting. That's about it. They did, they've did. they done JoJo's Bizarre. Their most notable works are JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Sales at Work, and Fire Force. Oh. That kind of makes sense now that I read that. I can kind of see that in Fire Force. Oh. Okay. I should rewatch Fire cool. Force. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Dylan, what, what you what you got going on? What you been up to? <clears throat> I've only been up to watching Better Call Saul now that the whole thing is completely uh, finished, came to wrap. I was like, when it f- ends, I'll go through and watch it. Um I dabbled with it when it first came out, but you know me, with like everything else, I got distracted, and then I was like, fuck it, I don't really want to go back to it. Um, so I waited. I think it just wrapped up this past month, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, to, to preface this, if you didn't know, uh, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad. 
Um, whenever it came out, it sank its claws into me, and I never wanted it to let go. Um, I loved all the characters from Breaking Bad, Walter White, you know, Gus Fring, Mike Germantrell, Hank Schrader, Tuco Salamanca, Jesse Pinkman, like all of these characters that they, they threw at us. Um, when I say they threw at us, it's really Vince Gilligan because he's yep. fucking amazing. Josh, I've come to terms with the fact that, like, I'll never, I guess, like, be able to invest myself into film and stuff like that as much as you, but I think Vince Gilligan is my John Carpenter. Like, I'd love to meet the man and just fucking talk to him and pick his brain because he is just great. Every time I watch anything that he has been a part of, it's fucking wonderful. So he's the one that gave us this, you know, bright blue universe. So... Also within that, we had, you know, I just named off all those characters. We had Saul Goodman. And Saul Goodman is this sleazy lawyer looking to help you by helping himself, essentially. And that's kind of who Saul is through through the show, through Breaking Bad. He clearly has a backstory, but in that moment, I was more worried about Walt taking on, you know, like international drug cartels <laughs> and then rather than focusing on this side quest giving NPC, which was Saul Goodman. Like I just wasn't wasn't my focus. Um, ultimately in Breaking Bad the show wraps up Saul gets into, into some uh, deep shit and the heat comes down hard and he's got to get the hell out of Dodge right so new name new identity new job the whole works and that's kind of exactly where we pick up in Better Call Saul with uh, Gene Takovich that's Saul's new identity and he's the manager of a Cinnabon inside of this mall um, but we don't open a color because that's not Vince Gilligan's style. We open a black and white, and that's something that he continuously did throughout Breaking Bad, and it doesn't show us, like, in that moment, it shows us that's not the focus. That shows us what we're getting to, uh, but that's later. So then we transition into the real focus, and now you, you know, enter James McGill or Jimmy McGill, and this is Saul Goodman, who he really is, Jimmy McGill, before the sleazy lawyer facade he was James McGill. Um, he is a shadow to his brother Charles McGill, one of the founders of a, I guess, a prestigious law firm. Um, his law firm is called HHM, and they play a huge part of the entire show, at least up until what I've watched thus far. I'm four seasons in, I'll say that. Um, and back to uh, Charles. Charles is always described as having like one of the best investigative and cunning minds for law and that is what jimmy's had to grow up with his entire life um is being behind that essentially so taking charles aside for a minute you get like all these other names you get nacho varga who is played by michael mando and he is so fucking awesome dude in this show like everyone knows him as what was his name from Far Cry Three? Fucking uh, uh, Vash. Vash, yeah, Vash, something yeah. Like that. And like everyone knows him from that, but he just carries a not even a similar persona. I can't say that. He he he's henchman to Tuco Salamanca and Better Call Saul. So it's really cool seeing Tuco come back and all of this. But Michael Mando plays Nacho, and he just he can convey so much emotion. And he can, can, oh man, he is just a wild actor. Every time he comes on the scene, I love it. Um, but yeah, Tuco's back and uh, Raymond Cruz 
reprises his role as Tuco. Like, he, of course, looks older because the show is obviously much later than Breaking Bad, but, dude, he is just sinister in this, even more sinister than what we saw of him. And we're getting to see, like, all these other little side characters from Breaking Bad show up, like Crazy 8, Tuco's henchmen, stuff like that. Um, and But you're, you're just introduced to all of these crazy characters. He's world-building. He's just expanding with almost every episode that comes. It's one after another. And then uh, all on top of this, you're watching two stories happen here. You're watching Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, and then you're watching Mike Ehrmantraut, too, from you know the later seasons of Breaking Bad. Mike was this badass, just, I don't know, just everything man, bodyguard for Gus Freeing throughout the show. You're watching him before all of that now. And every scene he's in, dude, like, it's, I've never felt like all of Jimmy's stuff is boring because it's not. It's something completely different. But every time, like, I know a Mike scene's coming up, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, I'm always excited to see what Mike's doing. Um, You're watching these two stories play out. And it's fucking awesome how in in tandem they are. And they cross over, you know, they meet up with one another. Like, they have this whole backstory. Um... And it's just building to something bigger. Like I said, I'm in in season four now, and everything that I've seen thus far is absolutely impeccable. I love everything about it. One of the things that Vince does so well that I like about his style, it's the camera work. Like, he can say so much with a shot, and I fucking love it. Or he can just make you think. Like, I was watching one episode today where it's like, you know, Jimmy's trying to do good, but it's hard for him. Like you, I'm not going to give spoilers because I think everyone should give this a shot, especially if you like breaking bad, but it's like all throughout these seasons I've watched thus far, he's struggling with doing the right thing. And he, he, I mean, ultimately he regresses. He doesn't do the right thing and he does something shady. He does something that's crime related. Um, and there was a scene I was watching today where he has this girlfriend, uh, Kim Wexler. And again, fantastic. I think her name is, a. Rhea Seahorn who plays her and she is incredible um and but she's also like a a phenomenal lawyer and she has this huge project going on and they were eating dinner together but eventually she had to go like sit at the kitchen counter and she was going to work on something but Jimmy had just gotten excited about he's super into old school television and old school movies he's always quoting them and mimicking them like he even goes models himself after Matlock at some point in the show just so he can go work and with like elder law and get the elderly to come to his side like he's super into like the old stuff and he's really excited to watch this show but she can't do it and like in this scene like Vince sets him up like she has a really big apartment really big and he like they're sitting no more than 10 feet from each other but how he has the scene set up it's just Jimmy sitting in a completely empty canvas like you can only see just above the TV looking straight at him and just empty space on either side and you can just see how alone he feels even knowing she's right there he's looking at her he's looking at the TV he's looking at the empty seat next to himself and he just feels alone and she's like oh you can watch it it's not going to bother me no big deal you know blah 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 but you can just see him processing this you can see the gears turning and ultimately because of how alone he feels and he doesn't want to burden her on any way he's about to regress into that criminal mentality and he inevitably winds up and he goes and he starts 
you know, fucking around outside and he, he does something bad, essentially. But just how Vince sets up all of these shots, man, he does this throughout the entire series, and it is so fantastic, dude. Um, four and a half seasons in, and I feel like every single one has somehow progressively gotten better. It's literally unfolding just like Breaking Bad, and I love this every bit as much as Breaking Bad. Like, you know, it's a show about lawyers and stuff, right? This You, you hardly see the inside of a courtroom, but when, it, but when you do, like for the first true time, it's captivating. It's like that's what it's been building towards, and it's it's so good, man. It it just plays out in a very different way, and especially between the contrast between what Jimmy's doing and the contrast between what Mike's doing. Um, it it's just wonderful. I can't wait to finish it. Like I've flown through four and a half seasons in like a week and a half, two weeks. So knock it out sometime soon. But I highly recommend it, man. It's been a good time so far. Fuck you. Yeah, I really, really like uh, Better Call Saul from what I've seen. I have not seen all of it, though, so <sighs> I need to get on that. Yeah, that's really good, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, hell yeah. Um, I saw Top Gun Maverick. How was that? I need to look at my list real quick. But I have my top ten of the movie uh, of the year running so far. It's like a running list. It is my number three. I've heard yeah. it was pretty good. It's my number three favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so this is a movie that very much is about a couple of different things, but the one that immediately stands out to me as like what it is 100% about uh, over everything else is it is about Tom Cruise and blockbusters it is 100% a movie about Tom Cruise realizing that his career is coming to an end and passing that baton that figurative baton off to a new generation um but in a in a way it is also about blockbusters and kind of like the death of the blockbuster um because as we all know in 2022 the only movies that deserve to be seen in theaters are marvel movies and star wars and that's it nothing else that's Nobody true. can see any other movies because those are the only ones that deserve to be in theaters. Damn it. Um, yep. And this movie is kind of like, no, that's not true. Great movies deserve to be seen in theaters and blockbusters can be great movies. And I, that was part of the big takeaway for me. It was kind of like the, the literal and figurative death of kind of like movie making really um alongside you know tom cruise you know ruminating about the fact that his time is almost over as a hollywood star um and yeah i i mean i just i fucking loved every goddamn minute of this movie from the very beginning like it just it had a tone that it set where it was like fun but like 
it's not it's not taking itself seriously, but it's taking itself seriously enough to where it matters what's going down. Um, and like there are so many sequences in the movie where I was just like, yeah, this is uh, this is not just dumb. I, I don't want to continue to beat on the MCU. I, I don't think that's fair. But it's not just dumb storytelling with f- tons of, like, fan service and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, it's actually trying to say something. Um, and I, I don't know. I just... It is thrilling to watch, also. It's not like it's not, you know, fun. It's not action-packed and stuff like that. It still is. It still very much is. But it doesn't it doesn't screw over character development and emotional storytelling in order to like I said before, do fan service or to put the action first and foremost. And I don't know, man. Like I I've been seeing like trailers for this movie since I wanna say twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Um and I've been hearing about it since, like, 2015, 2016. So, like, I've been knowing about this movie for a very long time. And I'm just very glad that it's finally out and that it is finally able to be seen in all of its glory. Hell yeah. You are, like, number t- fucking 10 of people who have told me to essentially see the movie is it on anything I can stream uh well it's a Paramount release so I have to assume that it's coming to Paramount Plus at some point in the near future um yeah it was I was reading up on this the the streaming rights for it were purchased by Apple TV and for whatever reason, Paramount said, nope, we're not doing that. And so I guess the streaming rights reverted back to Paramount. Um, So we'll see. Uh, I I don't know. I know that it's available for like on VOD. So you can probably just like rent it on like Amazon or some shit like that for, I don't know, like five, six bucks. Yeah. But it's not streaming anywhere currently, at least not that I'm aware of. That's good. I don't want to buy it. <laughs> he said, I don't want to yeah. spend money. <laughs> but everyone really has told me it's good. Like, I've not heard one bad thing about it. A single bad thing. From anyone else. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that there's much that you could say that's bad about it. Like, maybe you could argue, and I'm sure that someone has in review somewhere, has argued that it is... Um, I don't know, military propaganda, because everyone seems to think that that's, you know, what every movie that has to do about the military is. Um, so, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure that you could find someone out there who will say something bad about it, but don't listen to those people. They're fucking stupid. Here's hoping it comes to a service I have. The, that you don't pay for. That I don't pay for. Maybe. Uh, I refuse to pay for <laughs> Um, Yeah. Well, that's Top Gun. Uh, Austin, tell us about your horny anime. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, Madison made me start a series called Prison School last week, and it is a trip. Uh, so, essentially, whole plot is it's an all-girls school that, for the first time ever, has gone co-ed by allowing in four male students, I think. Well, obviously, like, what the fuck do you think was going to happen? Uh, these four male students, uh, one night, are caught trying to peep into uh, the girls' dorm. And as punishment for being caught doing that... They get that, sent to prison. Uh, this whole... It, kind <laughs> of. There's, like, an underground school that has, like, a whole separate, like, student council that is only ran by three very strong women. And um, they just beat the shit out of these dudes like every day that's like kind of like the whole premise is they're trying to i guess shape them into ideal men by just like beating the shit out of them but then every single one of them at some point eventually starts to like the physical abuse so it becomes a fetish for them i don't know it's weird there's there's a lot of wild shit in here it's there's not a whole lot I can say about it because the, the entire plot does kind of revolve around how fucking horny this show is. Like, there's a whole... I don't... I don't even want to talk about that. That's so fucking <laughs> gross. This is... Just look this shit when up. When I tell you... That's all... I like, covered my mouth. I can't... As soon as I Google prison school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. The uh, the the chick with the white hair and the blonde hair chick, surprisingly Yeah, I'm surprised enough. we've uh, not spoken about the white hair chick. <laughs> I'm surprised you've skipped this over all so of crazy. that. Because honestly, nothing really interesting happens. I mean, she's kind of the main one that's beating the shit out of these dudes. Um, the skinny or blonde hair chick, she's the fucking freak. She's where the weird shit starts to come in. Um, there's there's like a whole uh, a whole like subplot line of the of the main character like accidentally like seeing her use the bathroom oh in the God. woods. Oh God! And then she's like, "Well, it's only fair if I watch you do it." Oh, and then it, God. yeah, you can figure out how it escalates. Yeah, that was. Oh. I was like, I don't. I don't know about this. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I'm enjoying where this is headed. Everything else though was super rad. I was super <laughs> down for ev- literally everything else that happened. Um, but no, it was just it was just that 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 scene in particular uh, got me a little bit. That made me a little uncomfy. Just, uh, but the rest was rad though. Out of curiosity, Russ was how rad. did uh, Madison find this? Oh, she <laughs> did not answer how she found it. Oh, oh, I thought she, you said how she felt about it. Uh, I have no idea, and I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to know. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of her co-workers oh, told wonderful. her about it. I think one of the girls at the salon said something about it. <laughs> oh, God. Supposedly, there's another girl that works there that's like a huge fucking weeb, so they've just been... So what you're saying, are there three girls, just like three girls in the show? Yeah. Oh man. Nailed see it. See where I'm getting at? Oh, Absolutely nailed it. I see where you're getting at. I don't know if I like it or not. I'm but saying I see you're it. about to be in stripes here. I see what soon, you're doing. Buddy. Listen, that's not a problem with me, <laughs> <No>. big dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an issue, I promise. 
Oh, Lord in heaven. All right. I'm a weird oh, guy, and I'll be Lord honest about it. a long time ago. <laughs> about five minutes ago, to be exact. No, I talked about Top Gun like five minutes ago, so God was still here with us then. <laughs> was he? He was here yeah. for Top Gun. Isn't Tom Cruise a Scientologist? Yep. Fucking crazy-ass motherfucker. Wild. All right, last thing before we get into games. I've been watching and rewatching the rehearsal. And I say rewatching because the rehearsal is tied for my favorite piece of media that I've seen all year. Um I fucking love the show. I absolutely fucking love the show. All right, so for the uninitiated, the rehearsal is the new Nathan Fielder show on HBO. Nathan Fielder was the mind behind Nathan For You, the Comedy Central show, um, where he would kind of go around and talk to small business owners and be like, okay, here's a way to make your business more profitable. Um, and that show was really funny and had a ton of like really, really interesting things to say uh about capitalism about reality tv uh about the morality between like business practices and like what's actually going on uh i mean there's a commentary about the relationship that people have with attention and their what like what they're willing to get go through in order to sort of get their 15 minutes of fame really really heady stuff and it's all wrapped up in a show that like the very first episode Nathan's idea to revitalize a frozen yogurt shop is to have them be scandalous by serving poo flavored yogurt that's the first episode oh. yeah so you mm. you you watch the show and you're like, ah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's making fun of reality TV shows and like how they do stupid shit that, you know, whatever. But like when you dig down into all the different layers that are going on in that show, it's something really special. And it is quite possibly the best show of the, um, I, I mean, quite possibly the best show of the 2010s like i mean it is excellent right um this is his follow-up it's on hbo it's only six episodes this show is fucking nuts it is bonkers it is so fucking insane okay the way that the show presents itself is that Nathan is no longer going to be helping small businesses. He wants to help the everyday person. And the way that he wants to help everyday people is by allowing them to rehearse for uh, interactions that they will have with people in their everyday lives. Um, the very first episode is, uh, about a guy who lied to his trivia teammates 
about having a master's degree and he wants to come clean about it, but he's afraid of like this one woman in particular and how she might react. So Nathan goes to help this gentleman uh, overcome that fear by allowing him to um, uh, rehearse that exact situation. And how he goes about doing this is by taking a um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the, the right way to describe this. By taking a, um, a f- photorealistic copy of the bar where he plans to come clean at and then having someone stalk the woman that Core is afraid of. Uh, and the reason that he's stalking her is so that she can get that woman's mannerisms down. And by getting her mannerisms down, she can imitate that woman and allow Core to play out this situation. So that then he knows what he's getting himself into and yada, yada, yada. It is wildly unethical. The show is just full of paradoxes and it is just baffling. Okay. In the best possible way. There are some very similar themes that are going on in this show uh, to what he had going on with Nathan for you uh, again about the artifice of television and specifically reality television and how people will do anything. Well, maybe not necessarily do anything for fame, but like how people act when the cameras are on and how that isn't actually real. And at, at its core, I think that the show is very much a meditation on human connection and what that means to people, like how people are supposed to build connection and like, at the end of the day, how people can find these things. Uh, And it's deeply, deeply human on like, even the, even the premise of the show to me is something that is like, who wouldn't want to rehearse for a potential bad outcome to something that you have to, to have to say, right? Like who wouldn't want to maybe rehearse having a conversation with a, uh, maybe a parent, like maybe maybe someone that you're trying to, uh, you know, separate from because of how they treat you in their, you know, everyday life. Like, who doesn't want to do that, you know? Or maybe, maybe even breaking up. Maybe you've had a long-lasting relationship with someone and at one point you both really loved each other. But now it's to a point where you guys have to break up. Who, who would not want to practice that conversation in order to try to kind of like have this 
the most optimal outcome to where everyone is, you know, I, I don't want to say happy, but you know, you, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. I think that everything about this show is a very deep look at how human beings interact with each other and the connections that we build and how we build those and what it means to understand other humans. And it's all wrapped up in this fucking bizarre Nathan Fielder comedy where he makes a recreation of a Raising Cane's to help someone. Like, what the fuck? It's... I I don't even know how I would describe it to people other than going into a diatribe. Um, like I said, it's tied for my favorite piece of media that I've seen this year. It is excellent. It is absolutely just excellent. Fuck yeah. So this one, remember how I was saying, <laughs> remember how I was saying like, yeah, that first thing you talked about, like, I just don't want to watch it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it changed with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Started weak, went strong. <laughs> this is fucking awesome, and it helps that I can actually, you know, watch it on HBO. Uh, this shit looks kind of cool. It is... I, I, I don't know. It's only six episodes? It's only six episodes, and they're all roughly 30 minutes apiece. Huh. So, Yeah. That's not bad at all. That's one nice little binge. Yep. You could probably knock it out in a day if you wanted to. Yes, I could. Um, I'm going to be making a video on this show. Um, I have not been able to stop thinking about it since I finished watching it. It is... I don't know. It is something else. So. So are you, Dad. Thanks, son. <laughs> all right if you could do that once a week that'd be great okay all right let's get into what we've been playing dylan what? why have you been playing Yu-Gi-Oh master duel because this little bitch <laughs> sitting back here in his little hey, squeaky chair hey hey, hey. <laughs> earlier this hey. week we got together it was like super late at night and austin sends me a text he's like i'm gonna play some games I said sure so we sat down we played some games and all went well we were enjoying getting our asses handed to us in a game. And then we were about to get off for the night. And then he starts talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Oh. And he made it sound really fucking fun. <clears throat> and I don't know what it was. Made it, maybe it's because I've... So I've been... Mm, been kind of dancing around on some some of the games that I've played. And I, I like games that I can just kind of go, like Gems of War, like a game that I can just pick up for an hour if I don't have that much time on my hands, or a game that I can take with me and, you know, just dabble here and there as I go. And when he told me that it was cross-progression between everything, and when I mean, when I say everything, I mean my PC, my Xbox, and my phone are all synced up, it's one account, and they all... Uh, progress off of one another so that's really awesome like I was playing it tonight while we were doing the podcast I was playing it earlier on my Xbox Same. and when I was out on the road today and I was waiting on my prescription to be filled I was playing it on my phone 
you're a bitch. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I love yeah. that. Um, I love this for you. Well, it's just cool because I like something I can pick up like that, and it is Yu-Gi-Oh. I used to be heavily invested in the in the card game. I love like with Pokemon. I love the video games, but I if I if I had to do anything with the cards, I'm putting them in a binder to look at. With Yu-Gi-Oh, I was heavily invested in the competitive aspect of playing, and I absolutely loved it. And I fell off. Like I fell off right after the Xyz monsters came out, and when I picked up Master Duel, like I had to, I had to learn what Link summons were and Pendulum summons, which are fucking weird as hell. Like the game has evolved. They're so They're awful. terrible, man. And the game's evolved into something that I don't like past the Xyz monsters. Like even the Xyz monsters are like that's that's pushing it. I love Synchro summons. I like mm-hmm. the Fusion summons. You know, I like I like all that stuff. Love it. Thrive in it. Um. And this game kind of allows me to do that. I don't have to do any of the new stuff. I can just play it how I want to play it. And decks that I loved growing up are still viable. I'm like, I can I can make <clears throat> all this cool shit. And Austin was right when he said it a, a few months ago, a couple months ago, whatever. Like, you really don't have to spend money on this game. Like, it's there for you to do if you want it. But I have yet to spend money on this game. And I already have. I've opened. Fuck, man at least over mm-hmm. 80 packs because I'll just buy it. yeah it's it, there's so many uh, possibilities for you to just to be able to get cards into your uh, you know little vault and you can make great decks off of them I specifically I thank you Austin because he kind of helped me figure out how to uh, go about getting some of the cards that I was really looking for like the crafting uh, that they have available is super intuitive and it allows you to kind of start to build towards the deck you want you can dismantle cards that you don't use get points build when you do use um, it's super mm-hmm. cool man I I haven't delved too much I haven't delved at all into like multiplayer PvP I've been doing like solo duels and tr- you know going about just just earn some cards earn some crafting points stuff like that Get get a feel for the game. I'm still trying to build a deck that I feel comfortable taking into a, a true PvP scenario. It's just been so much fun, dude. Like it, like I said, even if it's only for an hour, hour and a half, two hours at the most at a time, it's just something I can sink a little bit of time into and kind of you know go go back down memory lane and enjoy it just here and there. And I swear, dude, I feel like more games nowadays needs cross progression in some form like it just makes life so much easier like the fact that i can sit down on three different platforms and have the exact same progress that's oh yeah please do that like do that with dead by daylight for fuck's sake over i'll talk about in a minute overwatch is doing that now like fortnite does that just more Mm. stuff please that do it um but yeah i truly this is austin's fault um, I've had a good time with it. I, I think it's wonderful. If you've ever had an itch to play and you've, n- you've never had the funds to spend to try it, this is free. Gave it a shot. Don't need to spend money. If you're a veteran player, you're just looking for something you know, new to put your hands into, pick it up. You're going to fall in love with it. Like If you've not touched the game in s- almost 10 years like I haven't, it's right there. It's a trip down, you know, memory lane and nostalgia. You can make all the decks you used to love. Super cool, man. I love yep. it. And they're constantly they're updating. Um, 
yeah, they're keeping the game updated with the actual TCG releases, which is fucking... We've never had a Yu-Gi-Oh! game that's ever fucking done that. They said they were going to do it with Link Evolution, and then they updated it once, like a year after release, and then they never fucking touched it again. Um, I'm imagining now that's probably because they've already had this in development, like in their back pocket. They knew that they were going to do this, so they probably just said, fuck it, who cares? Um, But Link Evolution has, or not Link Evolution, Master Duel has sunk its fucking teeth into me. And, like, it's all I think about, bro. I'm at work today, and I'm yeah, like, why don't you, tell do why don't you just tell them go about my, uh, the text that I got? Why don't you tell huh? them about the text that I got from you? Oh. <laughs> Josh, I sold my uh, Digimon collection. What, what the fuck? Uh, I sold it for $600. Yep. And you know what I'm going to use that $600 yep. and do? Buy Yu-Gi-Oh yep. stuff. I'm actually, as soon as this podcast is over... I'm actually going to uh, my buddy's house that I sold my Yu-Gi-Oh collection to when I stopped playing competitive. And he, I asked him, I was like, hey, how much money do you think it would be for me to buy back all of my... I was like, you can keep everything. I just want my Elemental Hero stuff back. You can keep everything else. I just want that. Um, because that was the deck that I played. Uh, I played Elemental Heroes, and I had an entire binder that was just nothing but cool Elemental Hero arts. And uh, I asked him how much he would want for it, and he was like, dude, he was like, it was yours. If you want it, come get it. That's crazy. That's a good friend. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm on my way, big dog. Um, But I'm just, I'm I'm having a fucking blast all over again. It's like, and I do this with Yu-Gi-Oh! very frequently. Um... I played pretty much my whole childhood, like, all the way up until high school, and then I got out of it. And then after high school, I got back in it, got back out of it. Right when Josie was about to be born, I got back in it hard fucking core, and then I played until 2019 when I got out of it. And here I am doing it all fucking over again. I fucking love this game. And, Master, like, Master Jewel has just cemented it. Because, like Dylan said, I can literally pick up and play anywhere and wherever the fuck I want to, whether it's on my phone or I would say on my Switch, but holy shit, that version of the game is so bad. I don't know why you would ever want to fucking do that. But if you want to, you can. Um, The only issue I have with Master Duel is and I feel like it's almost exclusively a PlayStation 5 issue because I do not have this on any other platform. Um, For some reason on PlayStation 5, I get disconnected like every other fucking game uh in pvp and fucked up part about master duel is if you ever get a disconnect it counts as a loss to you and a win to your opponent um so when you get as high as i did over the fucking weekend you're almost to the highest tier in the fucking uh competitive ladder uh if you lose it like so right now i'm in gold and in order to go up to the next stage i have to win three uh i have to win three duels against another gold player to move up to the next step in gold and try to get to platinum well once you hit gold you it's not just you have to win three games you have to win three games in a row and if you lose one match it resets you all the way back to three so like i had an instant saturday where i had two games down i was like fuck yeah i need this one more i'm literally going for the fucking four game with this one attack and it gets disconnected and i have to start all fucking over so now I'm just playing on PC where everything's peachy and fucking golden. Peachy golden. 
But super great game though. I love. I could not recommend this shit enough to literally any any demographic. Like if if you're interested in the TCG, fucking try it. If you play it, fucking pick it up. Even though if you play it, you probably already fucking are. Or like you're in Dylan's case, if you haven't played in years, pick this shit up because you can. It's it's got a little bit for every generation of Yu-Gi-Oh, and and I, that, I think that's what I really fucking love about it. And they did finally add casual matches, so now there is online stuff to do that isn't just ranked PvP. Because there for a while, that's the only online play you had was just ranked PvP, but they just added casuals. Yep. So that's sick. Hell yeah. Sounds like a good time. I'm surprised Dylan doesn't play this. I'm very surprised. I'm what? sure he probably oh. does. But I was like, did you not <laughs> just hear everything? Not know. you. Not you. God forbid there be another me. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd awful. Be the, Thanks. Honestly, the fucking worst. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's like, wow. Thanks, guys. Cool. Oh, this look, is, a balcony. This is what we're doing. Uh, all right. Um, it's all Dylan, love. What? 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 What you got going on? I talked about it. You? What? Yu-Gi-Oh. Did you put that on your list too? Is it? Yeah, you started with me. Oh yeah, <laughs> Austin. Look at us. We thought that's what you were doing well, the whole time. I, I, when it got to when we were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh and Austin having a boner for uh, Yugi and Kaiba. Um, Dude, I'm just saying Merrick. If it makes, you, if it makes you feel better, both of us had it on our list. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, in that case, I guess I'll go. Yeah, uh, pause Dead by Daylight. I'm not playing Dead by Daylight. No, you are absolutely not. I, exactly. Um, <laughs> Why would he be playing while we're recording? Yeah, yeah, no. All those clickings in the background, that's just him calibrating. That's not him fixing a generator or healing a teammate. Correct, exactly. There's <laughs> yeah. none of that. No. <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, I've been playing... Uh, well, I say I've been playing... I had to. I had to delete it off my console because... I knew that if I didn't, um, I would end up paying $60 for the game and just playing it. Uh, but I was playing F1 2022, and I like this game. It's, it's a good game. It's, it's a racing game. You, you, you play as F1, and, and, and you race cars, and they go fast. That's it. <laughs> No, um, no, but there's something about uh, F1 that has kind of like penetrated my mind ever since I started watching it, and it is something that I pretty consistently think about on a on a at least semi regular basis. Um, and uh, I saw that this was up on uh, my Xbox Ultimate account because. Uh, EA, is it EA Play or I, whatever it yeah. is? It got rolled into Game Pass uh, as part of the the service, and so um, with the new games, they give you a ten hour trial uh, to play just just to download the game and play it, you know, as is. And um, 
So I, I saw that it was available, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And I downloaded it, and, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's a Codemasters game, and Codemasters have been doing racing games for... Yo, you know, Grid, though? Yeah, Grid, yeah. I remember playing Grid back in the day. I really enjoyed yes. it. Um, yeah, they, they've just been... They have been the racing guys for... I mean, as far back as I can remember, really. And, um, yeah, like, so I was not at all surprised to see that their name was attached after I was like, oh, this this is kind of good. Um, yeah, and uh, I played for... I, I played under the 10-hour mark because I was like, I, I can't afford to spend money on this and get really invested um so i had to i had to stop but uh i played until i took my created character for out of f2 and won my first f1 race so uh i played for probably about five to six hours i'd say um and i had a blast the entire time it was fun uh handles really well um and i was honestly kind of surprised by the level of detail in it uh my my singular complaint is that the game you race in first person the entire time uh and i am not that guy i am not a first person racer um when i'm racing i like to see the car and see where i'm going and uh i did not see a way to change that Maybe there is, and I'm just stupid. Uh, there's a high chance that that is the case. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a good time with it. It was fun for the seven, six, seven hours that I played it. So. Fuck yeah. You. I need me a good racing game that's not Forza. Right? And what I really enjoyed about it is that it was, yeah, like... One of the things that I like about Forza, uh, even though like I'm not huge in the motorsports, they even carry this over to the Horizon stuff. I don't necessarily like the the same sort of like track layout over and over again. Like I don't like playing like, for instance, in uh, like. Forza Motorsport. You have the the Nurburgring or Nurburgring. I, I don't. N yeah. I never know how to fucking say Nurburgring. that. Yeah. Something. And um, with the motorsports, that's a that's a race that you will play really can or or that you will race really consistently. Like it's something that you will do on a like every time that you go into your career mode you'll race that that track probably like four or five times, right? But each time there's a little variation on it, and I really like that. And I felt like when you get into like, full, like, like, I don't want to say stock car racing, that's a bad way of putting it, but like, so, so NASCAR, for instance, it's the same tracks all the time, every time. And it's some sort of, with the exception of, like, maybe, like, Homestead down in Florida or, like, 
like a handful of others, right? It is mostly some sort of ovular track, and that's what you get every time. And I don't, I don't necessarily like that, but like this had the variety, like, and and each track, from what I could tell, because they set them up from year to year completely differently. Like some years they'll have like a, a, a difference in the amount of turns or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, but I guess my point is, is that it had a lot of track variety and I really enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a good time. It was fun. Um, I'm glad I didn't spend 60 bucks on it, but I, I fucking would have, I sure fucking would have. Are you going to get the new Forza? Motorsport, whatever number we're on. Uh, I'm gonna try it. I don't like those <laughs> games nearly as much as I like the Horizon games because it does require a level of skill that I just do not have. Um, Did you try the new uh, Gran Turismo? Mm. Nope. Me either. Yeah, the same situation. It's just it requires a level yeah. of skill that I I am not willing to put time and effort into. <laughs> I feel that, dude, and I can't even lie. The last Gran Turismo I played, the last Motorsport I played, I felt I usually fall asleep playing those games. There's something about those, you know, qu- like quiet repetition that just gets to me, and like I'll be doing laps around a track, and it's almost hypnotic. Mm-hmm. I'll just fall asleep. Yeah. Just. Hell yeah. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for the input, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to contribute to that. That's the best you were going to get. Well, I mean... Who's next? Uh, tell me about oh, Overwatch. Who knows? Hmm? Oh, forgot I had that on there. Um, <laughs> Super quick, I mean, it's over, we're a month away from Overwatch 2. So, super excited. Um... They had one last anniversary event that I was playing there for a while. So earlier, if, whenever the fuck I said it during this podcast, um, I said I've kind of been jumping around on different games and stuff like that. This was a huge part of it. Um, I had just happened to get it on the Xbox because I just want, I wanted to be able to play a competitive game not in here at my computer. I just wanted to kind of sit. It's like Apex when I was doing that. I just wanted to be able to sit back, and I wanted to play um, some Overwatch. I used to play it on Xbox. That's where I was, like, my highest rank and everything. So I was like, let's do it again. Um, sat down with it, jumped right into the anniversary event. So that was a lot of fun, you know, to go through and look at all the new skins and stuff that came out. But also what I noticed when I signed in that time is that um, there is an account merger that's about to happen. So when Overwatch 2 releases next month on October 4th, uh all your accounts from PlayStation, Xbox, like PC, so long as you opt in, all those accounts will merge into one, which I think is fucking awesome because I have stuff on PlayStation that I want, I have stuff on Xbox that I really want, and I have stuff on PC that I want thrown in there too. So the fact that I can have all of this under one, it's again like I was just saying with Yu-Gi-Oh! That's fucking great for me because I've played on all three of these systems for years now and I would like to just collectively have everything so I'm super excited for that um, I think Overwatch 2 is going you know it's headed in a great place they're taking from what I can tell they're taking feedback from the beta and stuff like that um, putting forth pretty great changes um, 
I'll, I'll tell you now, this, this podcast should be out in time. If you're an Overwatch player, you have until September 13th, I believe, to go and spend all your little credits, or they they disappear, so go buy a skin or something. I forget where they go, but it's something happens to them, so go spend your credits. They go to Activision's um, pocket. They... I can't even... Co- I can't even, because you're probably right. I mean, <laughs> what, what else What, what else are they going to do? Um, but yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun, man. It, it was great to reminisce back and just play with some of my old skins. It's much easier to play certain characters with the controller set up, I'm not going to lie. Um, you're, my aim's a little worse, but it's like playing Lucio and I can just kind of glide along the walls a lot easier. It's, I don't know, just it was a comfy good time and I, I had a lot of fun with it, but super excited for Overwatch 2 a um, month away. Okay, cool. Um, it's... Hmm. I loved Overwatch back in like 2016, 2017. I would yeah, the peak. Yeah, I I would love to get back peak into Overwatch. it, but it is just too much time has passed, and there's too many characters now that I just I have no to, idea what their abilities are. I mean, to be completely fair, it's probably the most easy to jump back into game you could put your hands on. Especially when 2 comes out, because, like, yeah, the new heroes are still there, but you're still going to see, like, Reinhardt, Tracer, you know, all of these characters that you knew and loved. Those are still played primarily, too. Like, there are some new ones in there, of course, but it's... I, I stopped playing before Doomfist was even a thing. I mean, that's pretty, I mean that says a lot. That's substantial, because there's been a ton of them that's come out after that, of course, but it's like, they're just different abilities, really. I mean, and that's kind of cool, because you don't have to buy them. Like, that's what Sabrina said because she saw me playing the other day. And uh, she was like, you had to buy all these? And I was like, huh? She's like, all the characters. I was like, nope. You just you just have them. She was like, you didn't have to pay money for them? I'm like, nope. It's <laughs> like, they were just unlocked. Um, she's she's very accustomed to the format that we have now with, like, Apex and stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. no, like, it, it's, it's, it's just convenient because you can just jump in and try any character you want and there's a mystery hero mode where it's still the 6v6 play style but it'll like every time you die you spawn as a new hero so it's super easy to kind of start to learn everything i'm curious because i wasn't a part of the overwatch 2 beta but i'm going from 6v6 to 5v5 i'm very curious as to how that's going to play out i'm excited um I think that's going to be a good way to end my year with gaming i don't i think that and hogwarts legacy are the last things i'm looking forward to um, you know, Ragnarok's just kind of there. I'm probably not going to play it, but uh, yeah, man. Hell Only yeah! Month away. Yep. Fuck yeah! Yeah, it is. It's so uh, October. Is that right? Yeah, October fourth. So it'll be right around the corner. I think this is the only multiplayer game this year that I mean, you know, don't competitive multiplayer game that I think that I've been excited for. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Austin, tell me about Soul Hackers 2. Yes, um, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. It's not great. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so I, I was, re- I was concerned going into this game because uh, when I had my modded 3DS earlier this year, I did start playing the first Soul Hackers. And then I watched, like, a preview that IGN did, like, a week before the game came out. And they were like, oh, you don't have to 
Like, there, you don't have to play the first one. And I was like, okay, don't. I'm not going to fucking worry about it then. I'm going to buy the shit anyway. And no, you really don't. There is no reference to anything that came before this. Um, so it's kind of weird that they even still gave it the title of Soul Hackers 2 when it literally has nothing at all to do with the first game that I've noticed. Um, but it's it's different. It, it feels like... It feels like an oversimplified Persona 5. Like, take every single gameplay aspect of Persona 5 and simplify the shit out of it to the point where an 8-year-old could probably pick it up and go, and that's Soul Hackers 2. Um, the combat system is, is so much simpler compared to literally any SMT game that came before ever. Um, it, it's still just your basic uh, 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 turn-based RPG that has the weakness elements, except instead of most traditional SMT games, instead of getting like the normal bonuses you would for hitting uh, an enemy's weak point, uh, you get what's called stacks, and that's where a demon in your party will then stack, and if you get another one, another demon will stack, and then at the end of your turn, after all of your teammates have gone, um, you do what's called a Sabbath. Uh, which is where you summon all your demons at once for like a big powerful all-out attack and i think that that's really really cool but i think it makes the combat ridiculously fucking easy um i'm 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 just playing on normal but i'm just i'm blowing through this fucking story like it's nothing um the game feels so much easier than any smt game that's pretty that's came before and so the entire premise is uh humanity is super super technologically evolved to the point where they have this big giant like supercomputer type thing and it starts to foresee uh through calculations and algorithms it starts to foresee the end of the world so it creates two entities named Ringo and Fig that are basically like like it, it's vessels to move around in the human world to try to stop this apocalypse um you learn that there's uh, something called the Covenant. There are five pieces of the Covenant. And when all five pieces are brought together, that's pretty much Armageddon. So within the first three... And the game moves super quick. I mean, you have the whole party assembled within the first hour, maybe hour and a half of the story. Uh, everybody that you're going to meet is there. And you pretty much know, your, know the final goal right from the fucking get-go. Um, I think I only have like three or four hours in, so I'm not super deep. I've heard it's not anywhere near as long as Persona 5, but it is still a pretty lengthy... I mean, it's Atlas. It's still a long fucking RPG. Um, so I'm excited to finish it. I'm not... I'm not crazy about it. I definitely don't think... Um, I mean, I don't think it holds a candle to any of the Persona titles or really any of the previous SMT titles. Um, but it, it's, it's good. I think that for, I think I said it in the discord for somebody who wants to, who maybe recently finished persona five or has just picked up persona five and wants to get into the larger SMT franchise. I think that this is a super, super fucking good starting point until you realize it only gets worse from there. It only gets harder and longer and worse mm. from there, but super good. I, a lot of people were really fucking bent out of shape because Atlas does what Atlas does. And for some reason, the first day a game released, they're like, hey, here's $50 worth of day one fucking DLC, including a story chapter that, yeah, we could have put in the base game, but now we can just charge you $15 extra on day <laughs> one for it. 
Uh, a lot of people were super upset about that. They did the same thing with Shin Megami Tensei Five, and I'm sure they'll do the exact same thing with um, Persona 6. I can't really complain because I'm a degenerate, and as soon as I saw that part of the $50 DLC bundle was a swimsuit bundle, I bought it immediately, so I can't complain about it. But it is kind of scummy. Mm-hmm. If I see swimsuits in an anime game, I'm going to buy it. Doesn't matter. I'm going to buy it. Uh, would it, I would expect nothing less. That's what I'm here for, baby. All right. Well, this is uh, the moment that we've been uh, all waiting for, I guess. Wait, no. Nope. Is it? Not quite. I played Roller Drum, guys. I forgot that I had put this on the list. How was uh, that? I have not beaten it yet. Uh, I've put a pretty decent amount of time into it. This game's fucking rad. Um, cool. It. I don't want to call it Tony Hawk with guns because I feel like that's the easy comparison. <laughs> what? I. It sounds crazy, but but I promise it's not. Um, it does for me the same sort of stuff that Tony Hawk does where it is a matter of me trying my absolute best to figure out like okay you know in Tony Hawk when you had the um, the uh, the competitions and your goal was to do as many awesome tricks uh, in one combo as possible to get the most points and be the winner. Yeah, like, I know know what you're Mm -hmm. getting at. Okay, okay. The same sort of mentality is is with this game, where it's a matter of you... Like, that's the entire game? Yeah, basically, you roll around... Well, you don't roll around, but you go from, like, (laughs) level to level... Where you are a roller skating person, and your goal is to take out um, these enemies. So you have guns, and that's how you take them out. The guns are reloaded by performing tricks, and you have a multi- multiplier for hitting enemies without getting hit, and then the amount of tricks that you do also. Uh, combine onto your score at the end and it's not necessarily that you have to meet these scores you can run through the game and and like not like uh, how do I like you don't have to necessarily hit a high score but there is a threshold where it's like you have the DCBAS rank or whatever. And I am always trying to hit S rank every time. I have not hit it once yet. It's incredibly uh, hard for me to do because I will find ways to fuck myself over. <laughs> like, I just, there are things that I'll do and I'll be like, yeah, okay, 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 I got this, I got this, and then, bam, I will, like, have forgotten that there's a rocket enemy behind me. Um, but it, the reason that I would compare it to Tony, compare it to Tony Hawk is because it, 
gets me into that same sort of almost like flow state where I know what I'm trying to do and I'm and I'm hitting tricks and I am like taking out enemies right after hitting tricks or going from like tricks right into shooting or like trying to hit the the hidden little like uh not combo areas but like there are little areas where it's like do a trick in this specific area and like I'm trying to do all of that and hit it all in one run and it is so fun it is so much fucking fun to play it is I mean it it's Tony Hawk like it's it's that same sort of uh I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. F- flow state is, I guess, the thing, and and just it feels so fucking good. Um, it has a really unique visual style, um, something very similar to Sable, which was one of my favorite games of last year, and easily one of the, I think, best looking games of last year. Um, and uh, yeah. I really like this game. This is going to make my top five for sure. Like, I'm just... I'm enjoying every fucking second of it. Keep thinking of the movie Rollerball. Rollerball. From like 2000-something. With uh, Elliot Page? <sighs> Maybe. Was LL Cool J in it? Oh! Uh, yeah, Rollerball. With, from like 2001. And it had uh, Chris Klein... From American yeah, Pie? Yeah, that's who it was. Chris Klein. Yeah, yeah. That was a fucking weird-ass movie. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, boy, that's a blast from the fucking past. Yeah. It's been a long time. Was Austin even born? I don't think so. Maybe. Damn. <laughs> when did it come out? Like 2001, 2002. Oh, go fuck oh, yourself. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, now now is the moment of truth. We we've all had a chance. We're I think uh, no cult of the lamb lost out to stray for our spoiler cast. So let me let me stop stuttering. Let me ask you a question. All of you have you both beat it? Not yet. I finished. Poop. All right. I finished it too. Um, so you know, roguelite for the year. Check. I was gonna say, should we do a spoiler cast on this? Josh, how far have you made it? Uh, I'm about 20 or so days in. Um, I have... How many of the main bosses? Uh, I have beaten one of the main bosses. I'm going in to fight my second main boss for the first time. Okay. Yeah, I've been... So, the reason that I'm not further along is because I really have been trying to focus on building out my... I want to say village, but cult... Um, to kind of like get to the point where it's automating itself. So I have been going out and doing like quote unquote missions to gather supplies, not necessarily to kind of like further the story along. Uh, but I'll go out and I'll I'll gather supplies. It'll also give them time to like recharge the um. Uh, What's like the devotion statue? De- yeah, the devotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of the word for it. Um, 
Yeah, and wait for that to kind of recharge so then I can get the next upgrade and kind of, you know. So I'm trying to get the the management sim aspect of it taken care of to where it's, like I said, kind of like automated so that then I can focus on the roguelite stuff. Um, mm -hmm. that That's why I'm not further along. So... So, I talked about it last time. Austin, you've beaten it. Yeah. Um, I was very surprised at just, like... Well, I mean, I guess I really shouldn't be, but I was very surprised at how much I, I adored this fucking game, dude. Uh, Madison actually bought it and was playing it, like, the whole weekend she bought it. Played the shit out of it. I mean, she still is. She fucking loves that game. And she kept like day after day after day she was like play it like just do it just try it play it sit down and try it and I was like oh I've got other stuff I'm trying to finish right now like I'll get to it in a second like for some reason I started to try to play Diablo 3 again that lasted all of like 48 <laughs> hours and I was like okay I'm never touching this again I'll play this in like three years um, so I said fuck it and I started playing it and from the moment I started playing it I could not stop I beat that sh I started playing it Tuesday afternoon and I finished it Thursday morning holy shit I could not stop. Uh, everything about the game I fucking loved. I, I like. I, I keep wanting to, in the same way Josh wanted to call it a village. I keep wanting to call them villagers, but they're just fucking cult followers. Yeah, they um, die. And like, yeah, they do. It's sad. you know. I actually didn't. I think I only had like two die by the time. Holy I Holy shit! It's just fucking sad because like I was going, I was going into one of I was going on a crusade or I was fishing or mm -hmm. I was doing something and a new day spawned and it's like uh, fucking whatever his name has grown to old age and I was like excuse me yeah dude I was not expecting yeah, think... that at all whenever they hit the old age I just sacrifice them what? But, <laughs> yeah like, no okay, for real dude I have one where it's like I, I can like have one like pass on to a higher ascend to a higher plane essentially and, like, I just do mm -hmm. that with all the oldies because they're going to die anyway, and I don't want to bury them. So I was like, I'll just do this, and I'll get, like, sermon points for it, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was doing that. But, like, no. I was – I all these people – and they were my OGs, right? Like, they were the ones that I started the game with, and I was like, oh, I'll have them forever. No. <laughs> no. No, it won't. <laughs> and I was like, I really like this one. And then I started to not get attached to the villagers because they all die. And then I started to become a true cult leader. It's like, oh, you're, you're just going to be literally used for your fucking body <laughs> and resources. I'm going to sacrifice. Anyone that started to, like, dissent immediately flesh yep. sacrifice. Oh, like my was getting God. taken to the abyss, dude. Yeah. I would always immediately marry them and then sacrifice them. Yep, it was them. marry them for the the faith and then immediately goodbye. Just drug to Satan's depths. <laughs> it's it also like can we talk about how fucking hilarious the sacrifice animation is? It is so funny. It's just a giant fucking tentacle screaming springing up from hell, grabbing them, thrashing them around the building, and, and everyone's them back happy down. about it. <laughs> and everyone, yeah, everyone's cheering. Everyone's like, "Woo, yay!" And I'm like, "Damn, bro, you just saw your homie get ripped apart and dragged to hell. What the fuck is wrong with you guys?" Yeah, but God Super forbid there be a poop on the ground. Oh, oh yeah, you guys don't fucking like that. That shit gets on my nerves, bro. Oh my fucking god, I had villagers getting sick like every two seconds. Never died though. Only died of old age, and I only had two. I yeah. think my entire. I life. had. 
I had two. So, f- be- because I would always sacrifice them, I only had I think three die from old age, and that was it. Everyone else got sacrificed. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. As soon as one of the villagers was like, mm, maybe this guy isn't right, and he started to kind of rebel, I nope. was like, nope, prison. Yeah. And then <laughs> I didn't even, dude, I didn't even make a prison because the second his eyes turned red, he was getting sacrificed. <laughs> You were like, no, you're out of here. Yep. I ain't, de- I ain't right. dealing with this shit, And it's not bro. like I didn't have... I've it's not like I only hard. had, like, one or three. I had 20 by the end of my playthrough. I had 20 of them still after sacrificing as many followers as I did. And the bosses, I feel like, were really fun. Especially the third and fourth boss. Because once you get to the run where you can actually face the boss, then they start fucking with you. Like, I remember the third boss made... All of my fucking cult followers sick at the same oh, time. Yeah, dude. And I was like, bro, fuck this. This is awful. And then they would um I think the last boss would even summon your villagers and have them turn on you. So you have to kill them. Oh my god. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh. Yeah, whatever. Spoiler alert. Well, who cares? Dude, that's fucking wild. I you guys are playing it very differently than I am. I am very much Oh, I'm doing this true cult leader yeah, fashion. Yeah, I'm baby. not. I'm very much treating it like I'm a, a mama <laughs> with with my little baby. I think this has given me everything I needed to start my own oh cult. My God. Really? <laughs> Look, I'm going to touch this on that. This has given me all the knowledge required. I'm going to touch on that in a minute, but Josh, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, no. All I'm saying is like I've been treating this very differently. Like I am seeing the um, like the cultists as like little little babies and like I had a I had a little shark guy uh and and he died of old age and I was like really sad about it. Like I was like <laughs> said I was yeah. the fuck up. I was like no my my little my little cult follower <laughs> like I was real sad. I and like <laughs> I think I have only sacrificed people who have asked me to sacrifice them. Uh I don't think that I have mm. gone out of my way to sacrifice anybody. I have thrown motherfuckers in jail though. I have I have thrown them in jail and I said, You're not you're not dissenting anymore, you stupid fuck. I treated them all very much like you are the sheep and you will be slaughtered. <laughs> There's no way around. So I started playing like Josh did because the second I saw this social aspect of it, like it was very animal crossing. Like yeah. I wanted to invest in the people who followed me i thought that was cool i wanted to be omnipotent and great to them and then (laughs) two things happened one we talked about it it said fucking so and so has hit old age and i was like what does that mean like they matured into something and then i go and look at him and then he's hobbling around in a white robe and a cane (laughs) and i'm like what is fucking happening right now talk to him and he's like oh i've lived a fulfilled life your glorious cult like, I only have a few days left, and I was, and something just clicked. Something clicked right there, and I was like, I knew he was going to die. And I was like, this whole time, I've been trying to cultivate a family, and literally, I just have a flock of sheep around me. And it's like, at that point, <laughs> I was like, you're not going to die of old age. You're going to go to a higher plane and benefit me. And then that's when it was just, like, evil, omnipotent. Like, you're getting sacked. The second you hit old age, you're now fuel to my fodder to level up the sheep. It's like getting extra sermon points. Like, isn't... Huh? 
isn't there uh, along with like sacrificing and like ascending to a higher plane isn't there a fight to the death option? so you can have two of them fight to the death yes if you choose to That's go that hilarious. path right um but it's it's like yeah it's i i figured out what kind of person i was because the second like i'm not going to say they turned their back on me right because they didn't they were still loyal to the very end Except for the dissenters. They got immediately sent to hell. Um, yeah. Like, the second you start preaching some bullshit, you're gone, dude. Yeah. You're Again, dead. showed me what kind of person I am. Like, the second someone starts to badmouth me, nope. Dead. Yep. Dead. Dead. Didn't even you immediately get Kool-Aided. Um, so, started <laughs> fucking... I, I learned a lot about myself. I'll say that. Um, but it's kind of... He said this was a journey. It was a journey. I, I learned a lot about myself and just how quick, like, by the end of, like, I start, this is how, it literally started this way. I was the mama. I was taking care of them. I was naming them. I was picking their colors. I was picking the yep. variants. And then they mm-hmm. started to fucking get sick and they started to get old. And then I just started hitting accept. I was like, I don't care what your fucking name is. You are just <laughs> mine. Dude, I've... I, I tried so hard to stick to a theme, right? So I started it, and it let me name my cult. I was like, fuck, I want to do a theme. What should my theme be? And, of course, I like, literally, as I'm playing the game, I was watching JoJo, so I just went with a JoJo theme, because why wouldn't I? And so, like, for the first, like, ten hours of me playing the game, every single one of my followers was, like, a side character from JoJo. And... I started to accrue so many followers because I just I went after every fucking follower I Literally. could. I and then that you shit could up buy as them hard and quickly as I could. Yeah, and then you could just fucking buy them, which is wild. And uh, it got to the point where I got so many, and these motherfuckers were either getting sick or trying to like down talk me. That like you, I was like, I don't even care. Like odds are you're gonna be here for what maybe a few hours before I either sacrifice you or have you fight somebody else to <laughs> death. So I mean, don't get too fucking comfy. You're not gonna be yep. here a while. I promise. Jesus, y'all are fucking well, hysterical. Then, yeah, because I mean, you can literally play it however you want to play it, you with whatever mindset you want to play it in. But then also, it's like the game encourages that because it gives you so many choices. Like, well, Austin. <clears throat> just said about fighting to the death that is an option i didn't go for that option i went with the other one which i can't remember i think it was actually fight mm-hmm. to the death or marriage if i'm not mistaken yeah um so it gives you choices and you can select like which rituals you learn and you can't you can't go both you can do one or the other um and it's it's cool to see the one just that they, I guess, lay out for you because it can impact so many different things. Like, you got to keep these guys fed. You got to keep them clean. You got to keep the faith alive. And these different rituals would help you with that. And it's kind of cool. It's cool how it kind of enabled you to future proof yourself. Like, if, like, there's one mm-hmm. where they don't have to work for a day, but faith jumps by 60 points. It's like, you can plan, like, hey, because I had a, I had a cultist who, if he saw um, a dead body, he would like we would instantly lose ten faith, and it just so happened that I had two oldies die on the same day. So he's freaking the fuck out. Everyone's throwing up, like there's puke everywhere. Faith has gone straight to shit. Like when I come back from a crusade, it's like barely above the bottom of the the you know Damn. the circle. Like all hell broke. It's like that thing where. I think it's from Community where Donald Glover's character walks into a room and everything's on fire and he's carrying yeah. pizza. 
Like, that's what I walked back into. I was like, what the fuck happened here? So I immediately dashed in. I said, hey, you know what, guys? You don't have to work today. And then everything was fine. Like, everyone's cool. <laughs> so it, it, it's just cool how it is. Like, you're playing two very different games. You were playing Animal Crossing, and then you were playing Hades. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it's fucking awesome, dude. And there's fishing. Are you fucking kidding me? There's fishing in this game? The, you know how addicted I got to that? God damn it, Dylan. The fucking fishing. fishing, dude. It's so fun, too, because it's... I don't even think I ever did the fishing. Ooh, well, first off, great for food resource. You know, so throwing that out there. There's your insider scoop. Oh, good, okay. good food. Because you're not just fishing one or two. You're, like, reeling in three at a time, and there's quests for it and shit yeah. like that. Um, but it, it, it has, like, Stardew's... Um, kind of like Stardew. Like, it has the little gauge on the side. you got to keep the hook within the gauge, and then it reels it towards shore. I thought that was so fucking cool, man. Like, there are so many different mechanics in the game. There's, like, a dice mini game. Mm-hmm. There's the fishing thing that you can do. There's different side missions where you'll, hey, go collect these little crystal shards. Hey, go collect these spores. And you're building relationships with these NPCs around the island that you're inhabiting. It's fucking wild how much is in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, y'all motherfuckers were like, yeah, and then you can start buying them. And I was like... You can start buying them, and then I realized that I did it th- like three times <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, like you can like. Sometimes they're even free. Yeah, sometimes he'll you be like, "You look really them. hungry. Here's a freebie." Oh, like, oh my god, <laughs> dude! I had I had a a a, a cultist request. I don't, I don't know how to say that. Like, like y- yeah. you know, like a little side mission or whatever, where they like side quest, I guess, where they're like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And one of them was like. We uh, should help people out who are starving, and it um, uh, it literally gave me two followers. They d- just the the caveat being that they came into the fucking cult and they were starving, so I, I had to immediately feed them. But I basically got two cultists for free. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> it is fucking awesome, dude, and I love like. I love the fact that while you're out crusading, you can select different paths based on, like, your needs and mm-hmm. the needs mm-hmm. of the cult. Like, you go and you complete the initial room, but then it branches out and you can literally select a path. Do you want to go down the route that gives you a battle and a collectible room and a tarot card room? Or do you want to do three battles in a row? You know, it gives you all these different... And, like, that's what keeps me going because it's, like... You can make it easy mode on yourself. You can you you can make a hard mode. You can get stuff for your village or cult, whatever. Um, it's fucking wild, man! How much the game just throws at you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on at all times. I will say, there's one thing I'm dis- I slightly disappointed in. <clears throat> Fantastic game all around, but the combat literally feels like I'm playing Cat Quest again. Yeah, because it really is just like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it is the same. It's press X to swing, press triangle, or sorry, press square to swing, press triangle to fire a magic bolt, press circle to dodge. That is it. Yeah, yeah. it's very simplistic. Uh, it's it it's not quite, like, you don't have the, I, I mean, you. it opens up a little bit in terms of, like, you have different types of weapons that you can use. Yes. But, like, yes. it's not to the same level that, like, 
Hades is, where Hades has like right. the variety with not only the weapons but the power ups that you get. All the power ups I feel like are kind of like variations on uh, uh, what would be the best way to describe it, like like plus plus one to your speed type thing. Like they're not insanely they don't give you new abilities they just enhance the abilities that you already have that that's probably Truly. the best way to and it's it. <clears throat> and it's i like it because at one point in the game you can get this ability to let you teleport back to your base um just at any point that you want to so when you go in to start these crusades you get the choice of a singular weapon and a singular spell to use on that run sometimes you're going to get dicked and you're going to get a pathetic little dagger. Maybe you like playing daggers. I don't. Maybe you get a dagger and you get a spell that you don't like. Great, now you're stuck with it. But by using that spell, you can go back and then just go straight back to the beginning of this crusade that you're on. And now maybe you ha <clears throat> have a different chance to use a better weapon. So I use that to my benefit to make the ending of the game a little more fun. Or the last half of the game a little more fun, I would say. Because I wasn't always stuck with some garbage weapon. Like, I really like the great hammers. I like the great axes. And I like the um, the spell that, like, sets off an explosive radius around you and pushes everything back. Mm -hmm. um, there was one of those, but an ice version. So yeah, I just got that one today. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's super overpowered. So, combat is very simplistic. The tarot card abilities also very simplistic, like you said. Critical hit chance, attack speed, attack damage. That's pretty much it. There's some variances in there where you get like an iron heart, a diseased heart, a poisoned heart, something to uh, aid you in that regard. And then the spells are pretty much the same too. There's that radius spell that we were just talking about, and then it comes in different forms, and they do different things, um, like ice, fire, poison, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, it's very simplistic all around, but it never manages to lose its fun factor, I guess. Like... The further you go in the game, the the Austin was right. The harder the game gets, especially those last uh, couple bosses, um, you know, it just continuously throws these challenges at you. But the combat never really amps up the same way that the enemies do. So by the end of the game, you're getting really good at dodging, keeping up with fast-paced enemies, and finding out what playstyle best suits your like needs in terms of weapons and stuff. Mm -hmm. But overall like at one point today i was sitting there playing and i was like i'm playing cat quest right now like it's the same shit it's the exact same almost um but that's my that's my only gripe with it there is like i'm like i'm playing on the ps5 i've noticed like a visual issue with when i drop fervor in great numbers and it starts to like come to my body the power up like fervor is what you use for spells and when it starts to gravitate towards me, sometimes there's so much on the screen that it's literally traveling pixel by pixel. <laughs> it looks like garbage. It's like just kind of skipping across the screen because there's so much. So it's still a very new game. I know they're working on stuff like that, but truly the only gripe I had was the really overly simplistic combat. Yeah. My, my, mm -hmm. my take on that is that I think that you are right. I think it is simplistic, but I don't think that that's necessarily detrimental because it's trying to do two different genres at once and yeah, yeah truly and roguelites are already notoriously hard to fucking pull off like if you don't know how to do a a, a roguelite then you, you don't know how to do a roguelite like that's just the end of the story for you um and it so far like it's working for me because like 
even the the kind of like management sim like the like manage your cult thing even some of that stuff can be a little bit on the simpler side like i think it's deceptively deep uh or, or deceptively simple i don't think it's nearly as simple as a lot of people probably think that it is i think that there's actually in regards to like the the making of your cult and stuff like that i think it is deeper than people are going to give it credit for i really do um mm. With that said, it's still not as like crazy in depth as a 4X game, like say Civilization or um, uh, I don't know, like like uh, like another one of those games, like a uh, fucking Total War or uh, King King. What, what's the Kingdom one? I don't fucking know. I know what you're talking um, about. But yeah, yeah, like. They're they're not as deep as that, and I I don't think that it necessarily needs to be. Um, I think that if you want to play one of those games, play one of those games. Like, it doesn't have to be that mm-hmm. fucking in depth. Um, but what what I was gonna say is that all of it kind of comes together and is a well rounded package for me. Like it it coalesces into more than the sum of its parts. Um, and my only complaint, and this is only, this only happens, like, uh, I wouldn't say once per, per playthrough, because that's not right, but my, the thing that has bothered me is that when I am playing and I'm going about my, uh, my my day or or what have you um i've noticed that when it changes over to a new day my entire game kind of shuts down oh yeah it'll fucking freeze for 10 seconds or some shit yeah yeah yep so literally my my only complaint is that it is not quite polished enough on ps5 um because i i think this was probably a pc game that they ported over um austin where are you playing it I'm playing it. Does yours screen. does your game do that when a new day crosses over? It'll pause for. <laughs> I'm playing on Switch, bro. It was <laughs> no, the game, the Switch version specifically, from what I've read, does have a really bad, like, just crashing issue. Um, I didn't ever. It never fucking happened to me. Not one single time um, until I got to the final dungeon, and then it was like. I literally beat the final boss of the game, and the game crashed, and I had to do that entire run Ouch. all over again. Yeah, that shit sucked. Like, it crashed during the fucking credits, and I was like, oh, surely it auto-saved during the credits. No. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> so I had to do that shit all over again. But it was fun, and I enjoyed doing it, so I didn't really care. I mean, just going back to the combat real quick, the one thing I really wish, like, block is, or the dodge is great, but I did want, like, a blocking feature yeah. of some sort. So you could do some sort of parry Yeah, that would have been nice. Like, a block to a parry to a roll, like, I think that would have fleshed it out a little more for me and made it a little better. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But overall, dude, like, this is number... I mean, Elden Ring still beats this for me, like, hands down, but this this takes number two right now. 
Yeah, this is probably my third favorite game of this year so far. Yeah, I'm I am in the same boat. I'm not quite sure that it beats Elden Ring for me. Um, but it is Oh no, I know it doesn't. It's it's another one of those it's it's at the end of the year I'm sure this is going to make my top 5. I'm sure of it. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure this is going to go pretty high on yeah. our list. Yeah. I think I mean thinking about it now, I'm relatively positive that my number 2 right now is Citizen Sleeper. I really fucking love that game. Mm-hmm. You, you motherfuckers so need goes, to play it. Elden Ring, Citizen Sleeper, Roller Drome. Either either Roller Drome or Cult of the Lamb, I think. Gotcha. It, it would be okay. it would be a toss up between those two because man, those, I'm telling you, motherfuckers, you gotta play Roller Drome. That game is awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I don't know. Anyway, stuff and things, things and stuff. It's time to get out of here though, so let's get to our picks of the week so we can do that. Um, my pick of the week is a video called Dark Souls 3 is Thinking of Ending Things in which uh, Jacob Geller I believe is his name Is that? let me look at it real quick uh, come on come on load load you son of a bitch yes Jacob Geller uh, so he basically goes into it's a, it's a video essay about Dark Souls 3, but it kind of goes into a sort of look at how Dark Souls 3 kind of recontextualizes things about the series. And I think it's a damn good video essay. Um, I don't know. I really like video essays, so maybe it's not for everyone, but it kind of juxtaposes what's going on in Dark Souls 3 with... Uh, the movie slash book I'm thinking of ending things and it does a really good job of like I said recontextualizing what the series is in the framing of Dark Souls 3 and it's a really good video essay and I think everyone should check it out Austin go <laughs> sorry um, yeah uh, my pick of the week is an album called Plagues by the Devil Wears Prada. I might have used this before. I don't know, to be frankly fucking honest. Um, I've been listening to the album a lot today because me and Madison are going to see them tomorrow night. And I'm super fucking stoked because <laughs> I've looked at the set list from other shows on this tour and they are playing a lot of songs from Plagues. Um, this is a really big tour for the Devil Wears Prada. They're essentially playing... Uh, both zombie EPs in their entirety and then playing an extra, um, like 20, basically 20 of their top greatest hits since like 2006. And I'm super stoked. It's going to be a super fun time. This album is super fucking good. Uh, to me, I still think it's their best album because it was Prada at their peak, which was mid 2000 synth metalcore. And it's as emo as it gets, and it's wonderful. All right. Well, enjoy the concert. Don't forget to go strapped. Make sure to bring that Yu-Gi-Oh deck. <laughs> yeah, just in case. You yeah, you never know. Might have to, you know, yep. you never know when a motherfucker's going to try you, Dual you know? disc on your back. You know how it goes. Send them to the Shadow Realm real go. quick. That's all you need, baby. Oh, you need two things. You need my pick of the week. That is a song by true. two of, well, I'll say three third has a very small part but two of atlanta's finest uh rappers 
Jid and 21 Savage. I love this song. It's called Surround Sound. It, it has a small feature with Baby Tate. She's also on there too, but it's a small snippet. Um, so three of Atlanta's artists, and dude, this song just hits so hard, and they have you know, three different cadences, and it just overall, the cadence of the entire song is such a bop, dude. It's so good. Check it out if you have any liking of hip-hop at all, and even if you don't, listen to it, because I said so, and I'm the cult leader. Um, <laughs> and we know what happens if you don't do that. D- do we? Do we know? Sacrifice. Oh, my. Yep. Well, now I'm definitely not going to do it. It was already happening one way or the other with you. You got me to play Yu-Gi-Oh again. He's like, you're going first, yeah, big shadow dog. Sh- straight to the shadow <laughs> room. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash culture pop. I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and uh, Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, and then on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, all at OMDizzy. Then we have Austin, who is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at Big Papa Plays. And the last thing that we got to do is talk about our Patreon. If you like what you're hearing, and you like us and what we're doing, uh, you know, with the videos, with the streams, with the with the occasional TikToks, you know, all that all that stuff. Uh, then consider uh, dropping us some Patreon patronage at uh, Patreon.com/slash/CultureBob. Uh, we've got some pretty cool perks that uh, I am working with someone to to revamp to kind of um, give everyone the most bang for their buck. So uh, that'll be coming in soon, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's a good time over there. It's a good it's a good time for everybody. Everybody should should go do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. That is the end of our show. Um, so until next time. Bye.